Welcome to Becoming Heisenberg, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, this is for Season 2, Episode 3, Bit by a Dead Bee. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I really like this episode. Again, I mean, it's a slightly smaller one maybe than some of the, you know, there's, there's no kind of really huge action sequences or anything in this but uh i you know it it's just brilliantly written again from start to finish uh seeing how walt and jesse get away at the end of the last episode as i said before it, what's great about this is it's so long since i've seen it that i completely forget where the story goes and how they get out of things so uh uh-huh. i was I, and i really couldn't remember how they got out of that desert last time so mm-hmm. um it's just really inventive of, inventive of Walt and the the plan that he sort of co- comes up with, showing off his kind of genius of that. Um, I yeah, it, I, I I completely forgotten that this is what happened, but um, yeah, it's it's very cleverly put together. Um, you know, it's great seeing a lot more of Hank this episode, particularly when he has a run only with Jesse. So we get to see more of that as well. Um, yeah, just just uh, all round. I thought this was a really solid episode. Yeah, yeah, it's another fantastic one. Um, I think maybe the highlights being sort of, I mean, Walt and Jesse, obviously, you know, their their sort of plot line and that. But seeing how they're moving from, you know, Tuco's dead. Uh, moving on from that to the next sort of phase and obviously sort of keeping Hector around uh, which was quite interesting as well and seeing more of you know the him using his bell and stuff was was quite interesting mm. um, interesting as well to see to see these two characters these two main characters talk about okay this big thing happened and like it almost got us killed Walt's in hospital you know Jesse's kind of trying to figure himself out but them actually addressing in this episode like hey this thing happened Okay, we've got to clean up a few things, you know, Jesse gets rid of his, the RV and that kind of thing, uh, and they both try and get out of their situations. They're both in different sort of situations, but caused by the same thing, because of how different their lives are and that. Uh, but seeing them kind of talk about, like, okay, uh, you know, the cash on hand and that sort of, like, how much money they've got and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and them addressing their actual... Uh, I, I suppose partnership is is the best word to use. Uh, their sort of partnership of uh, Walt saying like, "Yeah, I'm still willing to to do this." I mean, he's kind of you know that's that's the goal in the in the first place, and nothing's really stopping him. Um, so I thought it was, I I do like I know this might sound like a, quite a simple thing, but not very many shows do it. Characters actually talking about the situation they're in, as opposed to just going through the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah, and actually addressing like, okay, this is what ha- what is happening what do we do about it instead of just kind of going through the motions a bit i like when shows tend to uh or, or try to sort of do that which doesn't have to, which doesn't actually happen as often as you might think necessarily uh, mm. obviously i don't watch every show so it might happen in, in other shows as well but i i like them sort of addressing that because this is a kind of the, the next phase or the next era you know tuco's gone we're done with that what are we sort of doing now uh, what's interesting about that as well is because this is sort of moving on from the Hector era. If you look at like season one was seven episodes, this season's thirteen. You've taken the first three from the second season, 
and sort of carried on that arc. So you've almost kind of ended up with 10 episodes of the, the Tuco saga. I know he wasn't obviously in like the, the pilot or whatever. Uh, was he in the pilot? I can't remember. Um, but that sort of like this 10 episode arc of Tuco obviously died the previous episode, not this one, but this kind of finishes that off. And then we yeah. go into the next sort of bit and we've got 10 episodes left after that. Um, so I thought that was, that, that's quite interesting. Um, but yes, another great one. And, uh, I think there's lots of interesting stuff that happens in the episode. Uh, also cool to see, uh, Walt actually go and address, you know, that box that he left with the gun and the, and the, and mm. the money and everything. Cause that would have been, you know, if Skylar or Walt or somebody else, had, like if Hank or whatever had have found that there would have been obviously some questions about like, okay, not only why do you have a gun? I mean, it's America, so it's, it's a bit yeah. more normal over there. Uh, but why do you have like this box full of money kind of thing? So yeah, uh, that, that that was quite cool as well. So I enjoyed that. Uh, any thoughts on like the ten episode thing I kind of just mentioned? No, I think you're you're kind of right there. I mean, it does um, wrap up that that Tuco art to a certain extent, although you know, obviously they've it now gives them the slightly bigger headache of, of the, the entire reason of getting involved with Tuco or we getting involved with a bigger drug dealer in the first place. Was so they were dealing with the distribution directly and now they're going to have to obviously try and work out something else. So, um, that they, they, you know, but it, it does sort of put an end to that sort of arc of that story. Um, one of the other things that comes out of this, and I think, you know, we, we've we seen Walt do this a little bit, but I think it stands out a little bit more in this episode is Walt's treatment of Jesse, um, hmm. you know, because it, it flips backwards and forwards because you've got like last episode, you've got them sat on the sofa together and Walt basically stopped Tuco from killing Jesse. And, but then you've got this episode and Walt's very much like, well, you know, Jesse's kind of panicking and and he comes up with a plan. But I mean, the plan's far riskier on Jesse's part than it is on Walt's because, I mean, yeah, it's a ballsy plan from Walt. But at the end of the day, he's not going to necessarily get arrested for that. It's, you know, clearly somebody in mental distress, whereas Jesse's the 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 plan that Walt comes up for Jesse is to basically send him to the DEA and gr- have him grilled you know and so so it's it's much more dangerous hmm. uh, for Jesse in this and then when it comes to the money and there you know he's talking about the fact that Hank took his money away and Walt's a bit kind of yeah well you know life sucks get over it sort of you know he doesn't seem to react very much to it so it's sort of interesting to see that little bit come out of Walt of, of like, he does care about Jesse, but then sort of almost doesn't as well. <laughs> There's, it's a really odd relationship the pair of them have. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a little bit of that Heisenberg personality mm. coming out? Probably. That's yeah, I think like, it is. That's sort of like, I'm the kingpin kind of thing. Um, yeah. Is, is probably... Because like we've said, you know, as you go through the series, you sort of notice that side taking over more mm. uh and i think that's maybe a little bit of a of a hint to that so uh, yeah I think that's, totally. yeah uh but i think that's what we want to do for the pre-talk uh, let's get into a little bit of a uh, housekeeping and then we'll get into <clears throat> the recap uh see you for that in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which 
is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both, depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, did the Gaming Talk podcast yesterday. Uh, talked about a new addition to PlayStation Plus called uh, PlayStation Plus Video Pass. Uh, now, if you've seen the featured image for this, and you're wondering why it's not in English, uh, it's because PlayStation Plus Video Pass is only launching in Poland. So if you looked at the image and got a little bit confused as to why I didn't post <laughs> an image with uh, an English writing on it, Uh, I mean, some of it's a little bit English, um, but uh, that is basically why uh, PlayStation Video Plus is launching in Poland, I guess is like a test market or something. Um, We talked about what that means for Sony, what that means for their sort of streaming wars, because in case some of you don't know, Sony don't really actually have a streaming service. There is no Sony Plus or Sony whatever. Uh, They've sort of distributed their films into other places and things like Netflix and whatever. There was that deal, wasn't there, announced a few weeks ago uh, with Disney Plus and with uh, Netflix. So um, it is strange that, isn't it? Because Sony's one of the the big uh, studios out there and they don't have their own streaming service. But uh, I don't think we want them to really release that because it will be another thing to pay £6 for. But uh, I, I think Sony Sony themselves, I think, make more money. They're very, very clever, actually, in, in how Sony create and distribute their uh, TV content in terms of, like, um, they, will, they will make shows off their own bat and then sell them to somebody rather, you know, so they'll make shows without a broadcast, without any form of broadcaster and then just sell them on. 
um, uh-huh. which is very, very rare. So they're, they're, oh. it's interesting. I find Sony a very interesting company when it comes to how they deal with their TV stuff. And and I think the, they, they make probably more money selling their content to other people than they ever would by messing around with another streaming service. Mm. So uh, I think that's probably why they do it. Uh, and that works for them. You know, they've got enough other revenue streams to, you know, with the gaming and that sort of thing. I think... Yeah adding a tv streaming service on top will probably be too just not worth their time i don't think Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it looks like this video pass is going to be just included into playstation plus which is quite smart as well so uh we also talked about a little uh trailer that came out for ratchet and clank rift apart a little two minute trailer did show off some things revealed the name of the female lombax which i won't talk about that here we talked about it on the podcast in case you don't want to know uh, there is going to be a state of play focused on Ratchet and Clank and two indie games on Thursday. Not sure as to what those indie games are going to be, but I guess we'll find out on Thursday. Uh, so the, look out for that on Thursday. I can't remember what time that state of play is, but you'll see it on YouTube and whatever. So uh, go and check that out as well. And we also talked about the most awarded game of the year uh, numbers. So the top 10 games that have been awarded the most game of the year awards. Uh, so we talked about that as well. Um which was quite fun. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead still continuing season 6 episode 10. I think there's 6 episodes left of this season. I think it's 16 episodes. So we've got that. Speaking of zombies and all that kind of stuff. I did a podcast talking about why I love uh, zombies slash post-apocalyptic stories. Uh, talked about a few bits and pieces of that on the Walking Dead podcast over the years. Uh, just different things I like about those stories. Uh, why I like to sort of get those stories in different places. Uh, so from different iterations and, and that sort of thing. Uh, broke it down into kind of categories you know survival and trust and resources that sort of thing and uh, talked about that so that was pretty fun to do uh did a review with david and robert at the weekend for the falcon and the winter soldier uh, which is available on disney plus uh wherever you can get disney plus uh so we talked about that that was pretty good to do uh on the same day man united drew nil nil with leeds nothing to really talk about there uh did a podcast talking about uh love victor and the importance of diverse storytelling i had a bit of a uh, experience you could say with that show i talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago or last time i was on geek town a few weeks ago but i thought i would talk about um the show how it kind of affected me with that and uh how that ties into the importance of diverse storytelling there's no there's no spoilers for love victor in that so if you haven't seen the show you can still listen to that podcast Uh, but you can watch love victor on hulu in the us and on disney plus slash star in the uk so if you subscribe to disney plus you can watch falcon and winter soldier and love victor and the second season i think starts in june so look out for that i'm assuming that will be like same day or whatever on star it it should be who knows hopefully Um, the 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 releases on star are a little bit all over the place they're not Uh always same day um as we discovered with big sky uh which you would have thought would have just carried so um yeah it it, it depends uh sometimes mm-hmm. the same day some of the hulu stuff is some of it isn't so yeah uh but there's that uh united cars talked about edward wood resigning and the super league update and uh yeah that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org uh that we play against roma on thursday and then liverpool on sunday who i expect i expect to beat liverpool by the way uh, I might be wrong about that because you never quite know, but uh, Liverpool aren't good at the moment. They're not, so I expect to beat them. I could be wrong, but we'll find out. Uh, but that's on Thursday and on Sunday. Let's get into the recap. Uh, so have it, having gotten away from Tuco, uh, Walt and Jesse uh, now have to go home and explain where they have been. 
uh, Walt has a plan for them both to split up, um, for both of them and to, for them to split up. Walt goes to a supermarket and takes off all his clothes while walking around the aisles. Uh, this is, of course, part of his plan to uh, seem like he's had some sort of like episode of some sort. We we find out, and it's kind of clear almost from the start that he's lying about this because he needs he needs some excuse basically to to explain where he's been for what probably a day or so. Maybe. Mm. Uh, I mean, he leaves that house at night, doesn't he? In the was it two yeah. episodes ago? Um, yeah. L- yeah. End, end, end of the end of the season premiere. It was yeah. Because yeah. Uh, so he needs some sort of explanation as to what is going on there. So he uses this as that. Uh, interesting. I kind of remembered parts of this scene, but I didn't remember the bit where the the uh, woman who's working at this uh, supermarket is kind of walking around and she's picking up like a hat and a tie. Yeah. And uh, as soon as she picks up like the hat, I think we kind of guess at that point that uh, it is Walter that is doing it. You hear kind of people in the background like shouting and screaming and stuff, uh, which I thought was was quite interesting. But yeah, Walter just sort of stands there and uh, fakes, I guess, having like a an episode of of sorts and ends up basically in hospital. But uh, it ends there as the cold open, so that's what we have for that. Um, what did you think of uh, Walt's decisions here? It's a, as Jesse, I think, says to him when they kind of split up because, you know, they meet that truck coming along the road and then Jesse doesn't get into it. But Walt does. Uh, and Jesse makes some remark about, well, it's a ballsy move. You know, good luck or something of that nature. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. And, and then you get to get to see what he's actually done. And I mean, it's a risk. It is a risk for him. But it's I mean, they're either going to believe him or they don't. I think given that he is, you know, a white middle-aged man and he's just stripped off and walked into a store, you're going to assume that, and he seems to be kind of all not there. I think, you know, you are going to assume that there is something mentally wrong with him. So, you know, it's a very solid calculated risk, I think, in that particular case. And uh, it's it's clever. It really is, you know, because he's using the fact that he's on a whole bunch of drugs and he's on this cancer treatment as a way of covering for what he's actually been doing with the drug stuff. And uh, it's it's just very clever. Um, and they don't 100 percent know it's going to work, but it seems I can see why what would go down that route and think well this is this is a a good you know i've got a good chance of, of pulling this off so mm. yeah i i just thought the scene itself uh was was great and there's a, a lovely little callback when he's with skylar later on as well with this which i thought was really funny um so yeah it, it's um it's a i don't really remember this scene at all uh as i said I, it's been such a long time since i've seen the, this season of it and uh so i i was kind of oh yeah you know it kind of vaguely kicked something in my head when i saw it but mm. yeah um it's um it's a great great open <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's not one of uh breaking bad's like mystery cold opens that they use obviously we've seen uh a couple of them so yeah. far this season because we saw the uh the car bouncing and we saw uh the, the teddy bear that we haven't the, had the plane yes yeah that we haven't had uh resolved yet so um but yeah it's i mean this because you do sometimes get these that they're not because obviously it's not quite i mean it's a little bit of maybe a mystery as to why 
he's uh kind of doing what he's doing but um we we figure it all out kind of by the end of the episode so this is another one that's kind of contained within the episode itself so yeah uh, and again just really good blending in with that and the the intro sequence itself which i always mm. quite like every week it just sort of uh, there's certain i mean some some shows don't even have intros they just kind of start uh, and then they maybe have like a little theme tune or, or whatever um even, even shows that i love things like uh zoe's extraordinary playlist doesn't really have an in, an intro it just kind of does this little beat and shows the title screen uh but i do appreciate a good intro as well i know most people i think statistically most people do kind of if they're watching on netflix or something they do just skip them don't they but um yeah yeah i thought this was, i i just like the way that always kind of blends in it just sort of hits you so uh, but he is uh, hospitalized and claims to have uh, no memory of where he's been for the last few days. Um, so maybe it was more than one day there. Maybe it was like a couple of days or something. Uh, he is unable to find um, the hospital. Sorry, is unable to find anything wrong with him because there kind of isn't really anything wrong with him uh, apart from the cancer itself, of course. But uh, Mort suggests that it was a combination of the medication that he's on and chemotherapy uh, that could have caused the episode. The hospital believes that Walt is. Um, uh, at risk for another fatigue state and forces him to undergo a psychiatric, I think that's how I say that, uh, eva- evaluation, uh, which we see him do yeah. later in the episode. Um, yeah, interesting to always see Walt kind of try to lie his way out of situations. And this isn't the first mm. time and it's not going to be the last time it happens. No. Uh, so, yeah, I-, I mean, that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, throughout the series, really, of Walt and Jesse is not just how to do this business successfully and try to keep it a secret but when you do get caught out um to you know see them try to scheme their way out of things because as um i think a listener wrote in i think it was two episodes ago for the season premiere about how uh vince has kind of said before uh, vince gilligan the showrunner and creator how he's kind of said before that he liked to um put jesse and walt kind of into corners and then try to figure out how to get them out of those situations and this is kind of yeah. it, this isn't as bad as some of the trouble they get into or some of the trouble they've they've been into uh or been in uh but it is a situation that he needs to kind of explain his way out of uh what do you think of him trying to do that yeah it's um well as you yeah you remember he's a very intelligent guy he yeah, is yeah. uh obviously a a you know knows his chemicals and uh there will be a, a certain knowledge of biology in there as well he's a science teacher so uh, it, he's kind of again it's another kind of calculated risk of i think he goes in there knowing that they probably won't find anything specific but that they might be prepared to believe that it it's some weird combination to do with the medication and the chemotherapy i mean chemotherapy is essentially poisoning somebody uh for for their own good uh so i mean yeah it, it's it's possible that he could have had a bad reaction to something and and maybe that's what did it and he knows that and uh, he's using his science knowledge to to try and sort of, you know, make this seem as believable as possible, which is why he pushes that as a potential kind of uh, check, you know, because he knows generally they're going to they're probably going to X-ray him and check to see whether the cancer has got to his brain, because that is the obvious answer mm-hmm. for what may have happened. And of course, that they know that's going to come back. OK, um, so, yeah, I, I thought this was 
this was kind of again quite clever of well you know it's him using his intelligence as a way of getting out of this situation and uh, he does it does it pretty well again it's a risk but it's a calculated risk and it's a extremely well thought out risk so mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting when the show kind of reminds us not only is Walt really smart with science I mean he explains to the psychiatrist in the episode that you know he's the overqualified uh, science teacher um, obviously there's there's a lot of general sort of intelligence that kind of comes with that mm. uh, which he shows in various different scenes such as this one so I thought that was that was good to see as well uh, and you can see it in, in Brian's um, acting like some of the facial expressions of him trying to be confused and stuff and it was a uh, it was pretty good so that was good as well. Um, in this meeting, uh, Walt admits to the psychiatrist after receiving uh, assurances regarding patient confidentiality, which they have to do, uh, He that he remembers everything and just wanted to get away for a while. Uh, and they eventually do agree to release him, but it's the, the next day that it uh, does actually happen. So not at this particular point. So, um mm. Yeah, interesting scene again. I mean, because, uh, yeah, they do have to... Because I've spoken to, like, a, a counsellor and stuff. I haven't actually seen him for about two years. I should probably uh, see him again. But um, Yes. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, COVID kind of threw some of that out the window. But, um, yeah, they do have to, like, do that and stuff. Yeah. I think I think some of them have, like, slightly different rules as to, like... Because uh, there's a whole thing about, okay, if you, um, like, threaten somebody or if you intend to, like, harm yourself, there's there's sometimes different little uh, rules. But for the most part, it seems to sort of be mostly the same. Um, but obviously, you know, in, in this situation, it's uh, an American uh, an American one. So uh, yeah. there, there's, there's little bits of differences here and there is what I'm trying to say. Um, but, yeah, he knows that he can kind of, because he, like, assures him of that. Um, but yeah, he then just kind of opens up to him. I didn't think, and again, obviously we, like we said, we, we have seen the show, uh, before I couldn't remember exactly what he said to him to, to get out of this scene, but I was kind of thinking, okay, he probably doesn't tell him about like 2K and everything. Cause that would get him into, you know, then he'd, then yeah. he'd probably have to break that confidentiality, but uh, it does just generally tell him about like, you know, uh, cause he lists a few things, doesn't he? Uh, wife is, is it seven months pregnant? He said. What, yeah, eight, eight months or something. Uh, like an un- unplanned uh baby. His uh, son's got is cerebral palsy, isn't it? Uh, he's not yeah. over all of overqualified uh science teacher. He's got uh, and he's going to be well possibly dead within uh eighteen months. So yeah, you know, there's there's one or two things on on Walt's mind particularly. Yeah. Um, what did you think of him kind of listing things and like trying to explain his way? Yeah. yeah. Again, it is another calculated risk on Walt's part of sort uh-huh. of, well, you know, I've got to tell him something, otherwise I'm going to be stuck here. Um, and some of the best lines are half-truths, and that's sort of what it, it is with this. You know, he's sort of saying, I need to get, you know, I needed to get away here or the blatant reasons, you know, because the, the psychiatrist is like, well, that's interesting. Why do you need to get away? And then he comes up with well, yeah, these are the reasons wouldn't you want to get away from that? Which is, you know, then comes across as perfectly reasonable yeah, even though yeah. he then did decide to kind of, as a way of faking the fugue state to to um, you know, strip off into the store, which is slightly off kilter but, you know, he that it's that sort of explainable as a way of like him panicking and going, okay, well, I need to pretend that I don't remember anything. So, you know, he fakes that. 
and he obviously has told the psychiatrist that again he won't have told them anything about you know Tuco or what any of that sort yeah, of stuff you know it's not like because he yeah he's not going to tell him any of that sort of stuff but it makes he tells him enough to make it sound believable that he just wanted to get away and go somewhere for a bit and then realizes that he needs an excuse for where he's disappeared to mm-hmm. um there is a little bit in between this, and I can't remember whether it's been before or after the he sees the psychiatrist, which is when he suddenly remembers about the money. Um, and uh, I can't remember whether this is uh, before. I, I can't remember where this sits in the scene. But do you mean, do you mean I, where he goes home to get the money? Where he goes home, because he's still in hospital. That's, that's the next goes... bit I've got written down. So, uh, okay, right. Yeah, because um, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was after. This part. I can't remember whether it was after he talked to the psychiatrist or before it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think I think it was after it. So that's where I that's where I put it in my notes anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's interesting to see. Uh. You know, because he's not lying in this scene. Mm. He's just not telling the truth, the exact truth as to why he left or or, or, or was kind of forced to walk away really because you know Tuco had a gun to his face, uh, or threatened uh, to kill him and Jesse, but. Because, like, all, all the things he lists are all true, you know, about all, all, all those different things. But, um, kind of, again, kind of slyly works his way out of the situation by what, what in, in the first case, by lying, uh, when he's in the hospital bed earlier, um, when he pretends not to know what's going on, and then actually tells kind of the half truth here and still kind of gets away with it. Um, which, again, is some of that sort of more confident. Not necessarily the confident Heisenberg, but the more confident Water, I suppose. Uh, although you could argue, mm. like, kind of a bit of both, I, I suppose, with that. But yeah, yeah, this his sort of confident side coming out, and in the in these first two seasons, or at least where we got up to so far in our in our sort of rewatch, uh, you do see it sort of come out now and again, and it's very interesting the uh, places where they choose to, to sort of write it in for it to, it to kind of come out, which I think is managed very, very well. It isn't sort of just like sudden in certain parts. It makes sense for the, the moment. So I thought that was quite interesting as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the scene that you were kind of talking about, uh, however, before he's completely released, uh, Walt, uh, seemingly sneaks out, returns home, um, to stash away Jesse's, uh, gun that was previously left behind and the money, um, back into the vent. In the process, he almost makes too much noise, but no one notices. Walt Jr. and, uh, Skylar head into the kitchen to grab a midnight snack, but, uh, everything is basically fine. So it, it all goes fine. He just almost gets caught. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, kind of remembers about the, uh, <clears throat> the money, like you said, and, uh, decides to, to go home and stuff. Cause that's, I forget, that's not actually, uh, Walt's gun. That's Jesse's gun. As Jesse reminded him in the, in, in the previous yeah. episode. Um, did we know, cause I was kind of thinking about in, in the, one of the previous episodes where he actually moves the gun and the money from the vent to the box and then has to kind of leave it there. Um, it's interesting him kind of because this is one of his more panicky moments. Like yeah. that, the confidence side has sort of gone here, and obviously he could, he could get caught. Cool and like, what what does he say to? Because there's only so many times you can, I suppose, lie away out of a situation. Because if like Skylar or Walt Junior do come around that corner and see him uh, there when he's not supposed to, for one, one when he's not supposed to be there, and two, if he's either got like a gun in his hand or he's got loads of money. Um, you can't really quite lie your way out, out of maybe that situation. No. 
Um, so yeah, it was quite important for him to not get caught here. But uh, I thought this was quite a thrilling scene, actually. Uh, even yeah. though, even though I know that he's not going to get caught, it was still interesting to see how he would get out of the situation. And I, I remembered some of the scene, but not like the whole thing. So, yeah. uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, firstly, slightly disturbing that you know, yes, it was the middle of the night, but he managed to walk out of the hospital, go home. Sort the, sort that stuff yeah. out. Get a bus back to the hospital. Get back into bed and reattach himself to the. I mean, without anybody raising an alarm in the hospital, which is slightly bad of the American healthcare system. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so uh, there is that. But um, in terms of the scene in the house, yeah, I mean, it it was a it was sort of again, it's another calculated risk on Walt's part of. Uh, he, you know, he's lying there and suddenly think, shit, I left a box of money and a gun um, lying out mm. on the, you know, effectively out in the open. Because it is literally, if you walk into that room, there is, you know, yes, the lid was folded over slightly, but there is, you know, if they'd gone in to get, you know, I mean, I guess they wouldn't need diapers for anything, but if they'd gone in to get the nappies out of that box um, for whatever reason, and, you know, you would have found money and a gun in there. So, I, I can see why he's suddenly panicking, particularly is as he knows that the they were the family were panicking and they were looking for him and there was a very good chance that they may have gone through some things in the house. So I can see why he sort of made that risky kind of move to go go back and try and sneak in. But um yeah, it's it, it was quite a thrilling scene. It was very subtle, but um and like you say, we knew we wasn't going to get caught, but it's still sort of interesting to uh, to see that and to see his sort of decision and anti managing to get out, get out and get back in again. Yeah, how long do you reckon he was gone for in total? About an hour, maybe. Don't, uh, I don't know. I yeah, it depends how far he is from the hospital. Yeah, maybe he was an hour. Um, I don't know. Um. I mean, in terms of in terms of the whole ordeal, I mean, like I said, you know, he doesn't know where he's been for the last few days. Uh, and it was, bear in mind, it was night when he left and then it was night when he came back. So it could be sort of two days that he was disappeared for in total. But in terms of that particular trip, hour maybe, hour and a half, because he's got us kind of, you know, it might, I don't know, depends how far he is from the hospital. 20 minutes there, 20 minutes in there, 20 minutes back, maybe, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, because um, obviously they don't, like, constantly check your room, but if it gets, like, two hours or something, they, they, they might come in and check on you. But uh, all goes yeah. well with the situation, and uh, Walt is able to put the gun and everything back into the vent. He does go to that vent quite a few times, doesn't he? So Yeah. Which we've seen already. Uh, moving on from Walter to Jesse, the other one in the in the partnership. Um, there is a scene I didn't have written down, but he does uh, manage to get rid of his the RV because uh, Badger uh, comes back into this episode. Yeah, and um, he because the guy asked for was it a, a, a grand? He said, and Jesse had like five hundred and sixty on him, but he says yeah. like he, he's good for it and all that, and uh, yeah. and that um, he'll uh, sort the rest out later. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think there was too much necessary it's, to talk about there. Yeah, I, I do find that relationship kind of interesting as well, though, because as sort of Walt kind of talks down to Jesse, Jesse talks down to Badger. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, yeah. there's a very definite hierarchy, you know, because um, 
as much as Walt might think Jesse's a bit of a screw up, Jesse definitely thinks Badgie's a screw up. So there's sort of degrees of it, which is kind of interesting. To, you know, they each they each have somebody under them to a certain extent that that is just nowhere near as competent as they are. And and it's interesting seeing Jesse in that situation when he's dealing with Badger and Badger's like going, oh, can't we just cook a batch down here? Yeah. And like Jesse's like, no, we need to get this stuff out of here. Stop dicking around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and he sort of packs up the RV and gets it away. Yeah. <coughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. He's trying to like mess about and Jesse's actually the one that has to take things a bit more seriously here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I quite like that scene. That was a pretty good one. It was good to see Badger back again. Uh, but after this, at some point, uh, Jesse returns to his house. Oh, yeah, to clean out the the basement and everything. Uh, when the DEA agents uh, track him down, he claims that he has been with uh, the prostitute Wendy, who we saw in the first season, because uh, Hank introduced uh, Walt Jr. to her, if if you remember that from the first season. Um, he, he claims that he spent the, the weekend with Wendy. Uh, of course, he didn't. Uh, the DEA does not believe him and uh, bring in Tuco's uncle, Hector, to identify him but um Hector refuses to cooperate with the authorities and then he has uh, an accident of sorts and uh Jesse is let go after this so <laughs> yeah um yeah a very very interesting scene um I mean Dean Norris in, in these scenes uh I think stills the show here certainly um it is unfortunate for Jesse in this scene because they they say like hey yeah we found this this bag of money was it like 16 grand or something. I didn't write that down, but uh, it was. I think it, it was quite a lot of money anyway. It was. It was sixty something, wasn't it? Like sixty-seven grand or something. 67. You had in that bag. Okay, right. Yeah. Um. And then he's like, "Hey, is this you know your money?" And Jesse knows he can't sort of claim it. And they're like, "Hey, yeah, we'll just we'll just take it." It's uh, you can see the look of like unlucky on uh on Jesse's yeah. face. Yeah. And... I mean, that's the thing. You know, because they know it's his money or yeah. they strongly suspect it's his money. He knows it's the money, but he can't admit it. And they're like, and they're rubbing his nose in it. You know, they're basically saying, Oh yeah, that, well, that will buy us a new swap van. And you know, that sort of thing. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's just nothing Jesse can really do about it. Uh, which is, yeah. which is unfortunate. Um, so I, I really enjoyed those scenes. Those scenes were really good. Um, yeah. What did you think of, uh, Hector's return? Um, it it's it's great. I mean, Mark Mark Margalis does such a good job with Hector. I mean, that's such a difficult role to play because you you literally can only interact basically by kind of you know tapping the bell and uh, you know crapping yourself, which is why he does in this scene. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the uh, you know they have the conversation um, afterwards. You know, Hank and uh, Gomi have a conversation about you know I told you he wouldn't talk. He's an OG, and you know they don't cooperate with the feds they just don't you know mm-hmm. so uh so hector doesn't you know refuses to actually give him give up jesse uh and you can see the look of horror on jesse's face when they bring hector in because he's like oh no i'm boned and you know he gets away with it so um yeah it's, i mean it's it's great i hector's such an interesting character particularly having seen him in better call soul and seeing how he gets into that state in the first place yeah uh yeah. so you know we know more of that character now um yeah it's uh it, it's really interesting to see that he's not softened with <laughs> with his you know many 
years, however long it is in the wheelchair, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I like as well with his acting, not just with the whole bell thing, but uh, with his facial expressions as well. Like when, yeah, like when he in uh, uh, the previous episode and that when he was tr- when he was like really staring at Walt and Jesse uh, because of obviously the they were trying to poison Tuco and stuff. Um, and you you can see because it, it's not just all in the bell the whole yes and no thing. No, it's no, in also face. in yeah, it's like how he's staring at somebody or if he's like got a real problem with somebody or or whatever. Um, it's it's done really really well. Uh, it's amazing what you can do with a character with yeah no no dialogue really. Um, so yeah, yeah it's uh, it's it's really cool to to see him back, and obviously we'll see him again. Uh, in the future, which would be cool. But uh, yeah, I thought Hank was great in the scene. I thought Gomez or Gomi uh, was because Hank calls him Gomi, doesn't he? Sometimes, yeah, as like his sort of nickname. Um, I do like as well that they do keep addressing because it's also kind of in this part as well. Um, Hank keeps looking at that video footage of what we know is Walt and Jesse, but they have kind of no idea who yeah. it is, and he's kind of hung up on the whole situation. So. Um, mm. One interesting little note about that, because sometimes it's hard to tell what time of day it is in in certain scenes of certain episodes. Because of how the room was lit, I did think it was like after five ish, or or some point later in the afternoon. And then Gomez says to Hank, like, "Hey, why don't you like take a break from that? Come and have a have a beer." And I, I'm sure Hank said something like, "It's not even noon yet." Or or it, something like that. And he's yeah, like, it was eight, like eight, eleven a.m. Or yeah, like, like eleven o'clock in the morning. Because uh, he's saying to him about, hey, it's dead around here. Let's just let's just sort of go. Um, and uh, of course, he does get the uh, the cake as well in uh, yes. in the episode, which is quite cool. Um, yeah, speaking of all that, uh, yeah, Tuco. Th- this is a slightly later bit, but I want to include it here because it kind of includes the, the Hank thing. Um, Hank gets a present at the station. Um, Tuco's teeth grill encased in a clear. Um, something cube it's a acry- it's acrylic, acrylic cube. yeah it's yeah. like yeah mm. which uh hank's ego i suppose comes out of like hey i took this guy down and look i got his teeth and it's it is it's quite cool i think yeah i mean it, you know he has this conversation with uh well later about oh don't worry about it you know they're treating me like a rock star at the office look what i got <laughs> there's something like quite sick and twisted about the fact that yeah i mean he took down a really bad guy but the fact that he shot and killed a guy and then they go back to the office and he, the dea guys like buy him a cake and present him with the teeth grill in the and, you know encased in acrylic and there's something a bit twisted about that, you know. Um, hmm. It it just seems a, it just seems a little off that that's not really how you should be celebrating a, a, a big takedown. Maybe I don't know. It just seems a bit weird. I mean, they still killed a guy. I mean, yes, he was a terrible, terrible bad guy, but I I don't know. It just seems a little off to me. But um, it's it's funny. It makes it quite funny as well. Hmm. So it's. You know, just just the way the DEA kind of react to something like that is is just strange and weird. But uh, yeah, I, I I did like those scenes. I thought they were really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's all part of just like Hank's ego, and they're probably they're probably quite used to this sort of thing happening by yeah. now. But it, it, it's a bit of a sort of, I mean. This is what Hank loves, isn't it? These sort of victories at work and everything. Especially when, like, you know, Gomez surprises him and everybody's there and he's he's just 
you know, t- kind of taking it all in, um, which makes for some very, very good scenes um, as well. But yeah, I, I think it's all to do with that. And this, you know, has probably happened a bunch of times. So mm. uh, not not the cube thing, but the whole like victory stuff, I think. Is, yeah, um... yeah. The sort of, yeah, it's the way that, that it's sort of <laughs> so full of, almost male testosterone that office of like yeah we had the thing last week where he's hank he's trying to get them all kind of amped up right and he actually walks out the office and goes yeah we're never going to catch him but you know you got to keep up appearances so that that whole sort of thing of the bravado and and you know the all that and and it sort of comes out with this and how they they treat him as some sort of amazing you know um he talks about them like yeah they're treating me like Elliot Ness I think is what he says and it's you know it it's just they're great those scenes it's just a little odd and weird that they you know they're celebrating that mm-hmm. do we know remember what uh Hank's actual rank is because I can't quite remember uh I'm not sure I think is he a is he a detective sergeant isn't he something like that um I don't know whether it, I'm just looking through the the list that, to see whether it special it agent special agent okay is that like quite high high um, yeah I would I would say special agent is is a I mean they're the sort of um they they detect I think um so you know it's it's not the sort of lower rungs it's special agents are are detective for government agencies mm-hmm. yeah because he does so, always he does you know, always seem to be sort of uh, high, always quite higher up um like he's usually the one to <clears throat> excuse me he's usually the one telling other people what to do and I, I mean they have their own cases obviously they know to like you know go and look for tuco and that kind of stuff um but i just sort of wondered about that so but uh he does seem to mm. be pretty highly ranked so that's cool um scene which i mentioned earlier uh later as well uh walt convinces um uh jesse to continue cooking meth they have a phone conversation about it and uh, th- this is one of the things i really like about this episode as well them kind of okay all this stuff has happened you know walt's had to do this jesse's had to do that to get away and to kind of you know cut clean from from the situation uh but them actually addressing kind of the plot of the show in a way of okay yeah we know that the plot of the show is you know guy gets cancer uh decides he can he's able to cook meth teams up with this his former student who knows the business the meth and then the business side of things you know they they have that sort of each uh but then kind of readdressing not just for themselves but obviously to us as the audience as to where after all this has kind of happened and they explain to each other what they've sort of been through uh them Mm. to actually say to each other like okay where are we at and Walt's I think Walt's a bit more in than what Jesse is because Jesse does seem to be he's like oh you want you want to keep cooking sort of thing uh obviously we know it's arguably a bigger deal for Walt than it is for Jesse because he like really needs this money for his family but um yeah to me it kind of addresses where they're where these two are at in terms of the the main plot really so I I think this is quite important uh what do you think this is another thing which um it's a clever bit of writing because it goes back as well to uh, the DEA confiscating Jesse's money because yeah, you know, yeah. during that phone call, he says he's got like 80 bucks to his name um, at this point. Cause they took his rainy day fund. I mean, you know, Jesse's own stupidity from maybe having 67 
you thousand dollars in the back of a you know in a bag in the back of his car but the fact that they took that money had they not done that and he'd stashed it somewhere else you that conversation may have gone a bit differently because jesse at that point might have gone okay well i've got sixty seven thousand um stored up i can walk away from this and you know i can be okay for a little bit you know um the, the, there is a possibility that I think had Jesse been able to keep the money, he, he might have said to Walt, whoa, this is too dangerous. I'm not going to carry on. But the fact that they wrote in that the DEA took the cash uh-huh. then puts Jesse on very much on the back foot and he needs money, you know, just as Walt wants more money. Um, you know, Walt is obviously his money's relatively safe. I mean, you know, he, still hidden in the house but you know comparatively it is safe um so walt doesn't actually need the money as much whereas jesse does and you know instead of walt kind of offering the money which i don't think walt's ever going to do and this is where the sort of the heisenberg stuff starts to rear its head a little bit you know Mm because walt's like no i I, you know i have a goal i'm going to get to we're going to carry on cooking and jesse sort of has to go along with it because he needs money now because he's just had had it all like taken off him, and Walt's not gonna kind of just give him half of his or anything, you know, just because he had it so you know seized by the DEA. Uh, I'm sure that will be a conversation that comes up at some point of like, well, it was your own stupid fault, you know, you mm. shouldn't have, you should have put the money somewhere safe. So, um, it it, is, it adds to that sort of that hierarchy again of of how Walt treats jesse and also puts jesse in a position where he sort of has to go along with it whether he wants to or not and i and i think had he not taken the money he may not have been as inclined to carry on he might have you know just decided to disappear somewhere else for a bit and lay low um Mm. but now of course he actually needs it so yeah um, yeah so it's it's kind of interesting it's a nice clever bit of sort of tie tying that loop together i think Mm-hmm. But yeah, as as I kind of said earlier, I do want more TV shows to try to do this to actually get the characters to talk about the situation that they're, they're in, because um, it really does kind of I don't know I I just find that very very interesting, um, and it it just doesn't happen very often. So, but uh, I thought that was a very very good scene. Uh, moving on from that, uh, then as Walt, uh, Walt Jr. and Skylar return home, she asks him about his second cell phone. Walt attempts to play dumb and dismiss it. Uh, Skylar doesn't quite buy it. Uh, then Walt turns off the light and the episode ends. Uh, so yeah, Walt thinks he's kind of, I guess, home and dry at this point. You know, the money's been hidden. He's lied his way out of the situation. He's back home. He's agreed to start cooking, cooking again with Jesse. Things are kind of good. Uh, but there's just that one thing kind of sticking out, which is that night by the by the bathtub, um, you know, one phone rang yeah. and he got the other one out. And of course, Hank did address this to Skylar in I think it was the previous episode, saying about yeah that that call that Walt got it wasn't uh, wasn't registered on his uh, phone. So yeah, he thinks he's kind of in the clear, I suppose. But um, his wife obviously thinks that there's there's something up. So, um, a very good kind of little stinger, I suppose, for the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, just, uh, you know, things go quite well for him in the episode, but there's, of course, the other thing. And you kind of see, you know, as he goes to, I think, kiss Skylar goodnight and that, she kind of just turns over. Yeah. And uh, you sort of see the look on Walt's face of, like, oh, 
you know i've yeah. uh I, i've got this to sort of deal with so yeah. uh yeah breakfast the next morning is going to be interesting <laughs> yeah and it's one of those things that I, that sort of blindsided Walt a bit because yeah, it was something yeah. that he hadn't thought of. And there, I mean, there are multiple things I'm sure he could have come up with of like, uh, you know, I don't have a second phone or maybe I bought it when I was out, out in my fugue state. I, I don't know. Um, you know, cause they're, they're all, I, I think had he had forewarned, uh, had he been somehow forewarned of that, he could have thought up, some sort of reason for him maybe having a second cell phone, but this sort of blindsides him slightly. So all he can say is, no, I don't have a second cell phone, even though blatantly it seems like he did. Um, So that is going to be an interesting thing moving forward. There was another little bit in this scene as well, which was was a callback to the opener, which I really, I thought was really funny. And he's kind of cute, which is when he walks out the bathroom in his robe, drops his robe, sticks his hat on and goes, "Uh, I'm just going to go out to get some milk. Do you need anything? (laughs) I thought that was a lovely little bit of sort of him trying to lighten the mood a bit. And and Skylar does kind of smile at him. But um, yeah, I I thought that was really sweet as well. But um, yeah, that that last little thing you do. I, I again, I can't remember what happens with that, and I'm sure it comes back up at some point because, you know, she's suspicious of it now. So I'm, I mean, I can't remember where it goes, but uh, that I'm looking forward to finding out more of. Mm, yeah, which again is part of our kind of interesting experiences. Some some of these things we quite remember quite clearly, but some small parts of the show or other parts of the show we uh we don't fully quite remember so um yeah it's going to be interesting going forward uh but mm. that is the end of the episode uh we do have some feedback to get into of course if you would like to write into this podcast let us know what you think of breaking bad or just to get in contact with entertainment talk in general matthew at entertainmenttalk.org uh twitter etalk uk contact page information in your show notes so feel free to get involved uh Arbed returns and says um uh, hey, been very much enjoying the podcast. Do you think you'll go back and cover the other seasons of Better Call Saul? No pressure, just interested. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, in terms of the planning of any podcasts related to entertainment talk, I'm kind of the one that makes the the decisions. I mean, you, you and Robert and Bex and you know, Great Gray and everybody else can all say, you know, you've got maybe different ideas. Robert's like said a few things to me in the past. Um, we've obviously considered certain shows in that. Um, but it is kind of, you know, around people's schedules and like, there's, when, when we make a decision in terms of, or when I, I guess, make the decision in terms of what we might cover, um, it's usually about, okay, do I actually have the interest to talk about this thing? Because just because I've played or watched something, Mm. it doesn't mean I necessarily want to talk about it. Because sometimes I'll be sitting there watching a season of something on Netflix and I'll think, should I podcast on this? Should I not? Do I want to just sort of leave it? Is it going to get like much traction um and i don't mean that to sound like oh we just do it for listens but the listens part of that is very very important because if we're gonna you know put the effort in to make something then you want people to listen to it so um, yes yeah it's it's not about you know fishing for views or whatever it's just you've got to get the value out of the product that you make um but in terms of the other i i don't think so i mean what seasons have we missed it was one two I think it was one and two because we did do a season three review. Because uh, I remember that. I, I remember at that point there was. Uh, I think it was like Walking Dead and Prison Break and 
uh, Better Call Saul, yeah, and yeah. Orphan, Orphan Black. And there was a bunch of stuff on at that time. I was like, okay, we can't cover all this. Um, so we did do a season three review, and I think for season four and five, we we covered weekly. So it would only be seasons one and two. Um, it wouldn't be any if we did decide to do it. It wouldn't be any particular time soon. Um, and I, I would, no. it would be wise if. Because obviously we're going to do this, and then next year we'll have Better Call Saul back, uh, and then we'll figure out when to do season three of of Breaking Bad. It's too early to sort of figure that out yet. We haven't even done season two yet, so. But I don't really think it would be smart to do okay Breaking Bad season two, and then Better Call Saul the next season, and then try and do like the back cat- back catalog of that. So there's still two of those things ongoing because we're still doing Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. We'll obviously just rotate them based on when Better Call Saul comes back. Um, yeah. So, so if we did, it would have to, it would have to be once once Better Call Saul's finished, and probably when we finish this Breaking Bad podcast, which again wouldn't be any time soon. So we'll we'll consider it, but uh, don't expect it any particular time soon. How, how about you? Where's your kind of interest level for that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably right. I mean, I, I you know, some point in the future we might go back and do the first couple of seasons, but. Um we'd need to do it after we finish doing breaking bad yeah, i think doing both, yeah. um and and go back and do it you know uh, and probably after better call Saul is finished as well so you know it's not like i don't think we'd go back and do it whilst that's still on air so no, it's gonna be a yeah, yeah you know i mean it is coming up to its final season anyway but you know we've got like what three what four more seasons of this to do was it six or seven seasons this i can't remember but six. no five yeah sorry. so yeah. So we've got a few more seasons of this to do first, and then you know maybe we'll go back and do it at some point in the future. But mm-hmm. um, not yeah. nothing we're particularly planning right now. No, no. Uh, but you can enjoy our Breaking Bad podcasts and uh, the Better Call Saul ones in the meantime. So and all the dozens of other things that we do. So, uh, but we will consider it and uh, see where things go. Uh, Beth says, just a quick question about the different ways the podcasts are done. How come when Matt does solo reviews, they're usually the same day, but when uh, he does them with David or Robert, they're usually on certain days? Uh, Also, how come the only time the recap is used is with podcasts with David? Uh, I don't mean this to sound like a boring answer, but that's kind of just the way things sort of worked out. Uh, I mean, in (laughs) in terms of me... I mean, when I record anything, it doesn't just have to be a solo review, whether it's just me doing, like, an opinion piece or, like, a discussion thing like I did with Love, Victor, or if it's, like, a film review. Obviously, if if it's just going to... If I know it's just going to be me, I can do that whenever I sort of feel yeah. like it because I don't have to schedule that with you or, or somebody else. Um, but one, one of the reasons we don't do Mondays or Tuesdays with David, uh, or that happens because uh, you record geek town on mondays edit it on tuesdays and then we usually do the show on wednesdays uh because yeah. that, that that's usually our sort of sunday monday wednesday rotation where yeah. usually like a westworld or a better console or walking dead or something will air on sundays we'll get the episode on mondays usually i sort the notes out on tuesdays um and then we do the episode on wednesdays and that's just kind of been how that's gone for well five years uh really yeah. Um, but no, I, I think the recap thing was a little bit more maybe of, of your idea, but it, it's just kind of, it, it's a good guide for us, I think. Um, mm. but you, usually if I do solo episodes myself, it's usually just, okay, these are the things within the episode I want to talk about. Obviously my general opinion on the whole thing, then get into like, you know, if a character dies or something happens in the plot and then I'll kind of just bring those things up. 
Um, and those podcasts obviously are usually shorter. One, because I'm not having a back and forth with somebody, and two, because the other person isn't giving their side. Um, but in terms of like this, this, it's just kind of, that's just sort of how it, like, came to be. That's just sort of how it worked out. So, yeah. uh, and, and for me it works. I think for you it works. For, for everybody else that we podcast mm-hmm. with, I think it works. Um, so, yeah. So, that's just kind of how that is. Uh, but I think it's, at least in terms of my side, it's it's worked out pretty well so far. How do you kind of feel about yeah. all that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, the the we generally we record stuff on Wednesdays uh, we with you just because of the fact that I'm busy Monday and Tuesday with my own show. So, um, yeah, I, and you know, I, we, I mean, because I obviously you produce so many things, I don't list absolutely everything you make. So I I, I didn't realise that that was the sort of split that you only really do the recaps with. Um, when you're i'm co-hosting stuff so uh mm-hmm. but that makes sense i mean you know i think it depends what the sort of what it actually show is, is. Talking about. Yeah. yeah 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 obviously if you do like a um, film review you're not going to recap a two-hour film so yeah <laughs> yeah but uh yeah simply put it's just kind of how it worked out so uh mm-hmm. laura's got an interesting question as well uh do you think jesse or walt are good or bad guys just overall uh, I mean, sure, there's moral questions to ask about these characters. You know, they have now killed people and stuff. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to anybody, you can be a good person overall but make some bad choices. Or you can be a bad person overall but make some good choices sometimes. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're a good person you do a bad thing, it doesn't mean, okay, now you've switched and now you're a bad person. Because we all make mistakes, we all do things wrong now and again because we're all humans. Uh, I think overall, Jesse and Walt are good guys that have to just sometimes violently get their way out of certain situations. But they do involve bad people, drug lords such as Tuco and you know Crazy Eight, those sorts of people. So them doing things like killing Crazy Eight and killing Tuco could be looked at as bad, but they're getting rid of a bad person who could yeah. kill them as well. Uh, it, it's a bit it's some somewhat of the same argument of like, okay, if you're in a zombie apocalypse or something. And okay, you probably you'll probably have to kill somebody, otherwise they're probably going to kill you. Uh, same thing with this Tuco situation. I mean, if they didn't kill him, eventually they would have killed. He would have killed both of them. Uh, so obviously, it's different to sort of the average life's kind of person, I suppose, that isn't killing you know drug lords and whatever. Mm. But um, I think overall, that I mean, Walt's intentions are are good, if somewhat sort of illegal. You know, you're not allowed to cook crystal meth. But uh, he's he's doing again. It's a kind of bad illegal decision that he's doing for a good reason, and he doesn't particularly have much other choice. Uh, obviously, his ego kind of got in the way with the whole Gretchen Elliott situation. But um, I think they're good guys overall that sometimes do bad things that they sort of need to do. Uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, the, the sort of whole point of Walter White is he starts off as a good guy. I. I sort of turns into a bad guy i mean that that's the Mm. the whole point of sort of breaking bad is is usually you'll find somebody who's maybe on a slightly shadier side and uh it's a redemption arc with most tv shows i think that was always the interesting thing about breaking bad it was can you take a somebody who's a fundamentally generally good person and turn them into a bad guy and i mean you know as you get through the seasons, I think with with Walt, um, 
he's he's very much in a grey area. He does some awful things as you go through it, but mm-hmm. he's still loyal to certain people. And so, yeah, I think what ends up, yes, he is probably a bad guy, but um, you've been with that character for so long that that you sort of see his point of view. I, I, I think it's very rare that anybody sets out to be truly bad or evil, you know, and I think that's that's one of the great things about um, good writing of, of characters. It's a bit like Negan on The Walking Dead, you know, nobody sets out to be an evil person. They are generally a victim of circumstance, and if you've been watching that character from the beginning you can see why they've made the decisions that they've made. And whilst you might not agree with them all directly, you can kind of see things from their point of view. I think Jesse is just somebody that got caught up in a bad situation. Yeah. Um, And, you know, he was trying to make money and yeah, they are, I mean, they're not, they're not, none of them are really good guys but then i don't think there are that many people in this world who are genuinely purely good people you know uh, i think a lot of people have good intentions um but you know very few people are saints in any way mm-hmm. you, you start off i think most people start off with good intentions just as well did here you know his intention was he needed to make a certain amount of money he's living within a system uh that that means that he doesn't have health care and he needs he doesn't want to bankrupt he has good intentions for the reason he starts it but you know he then turns into this person who gets to like that lifestyle and the power that it gives him Mm. with jesse i think he's just got pulled along for the ride so i think it's arguably jesse is probably the better person out of the two of them um because i you know as we see at the end of el camino it's really just him trying to get out um and and there is a sort of redemption art for for jesse you've got him going one way well you've got walter going the other um so i but i don't think you can really be quite that black and white with a lot of these characters and i think that's what makes them so great characters is they they aren't they aren't sort of that person's pure evil they are you know um they are somewhere in between I think mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah. I think that's also where you get into that kind of grey area as well of like choices they make that aren't good or bad really. They're sort of uh, some grey area type of uh, d- decisions yeah. and things. So, which again makes just these characters more interesting. So, uh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, I do want to break this, this little part out as well because uh, this is a bit more discussion about AMC. So I'm just going to put a time code here. Uh, so Ben asks us, uh, lastly, he says, uh, what do you think of the future of AMC is going to be? Uh, once Better Call Saul ends, they mostly just have The Walking Dead. Mad Men ended a while ago, and so did Breaking Bad. Do you think they will just become a Walking Dead and films uh, network? Uh, I mean, yeah, in terms of, you know, the streaming wars and competition, which, you know, if you want to get audiences on your side, you need good television, or at least, well, not necessarily even good television, just p- television that people are interested in, um, which sometimes doesn't mean it needs to be good necessarily. Uh, but um, I don't know, they, they've kind of already become that a little bit. I mean, yeah, once Better Call Saul ends, they got, what, the 
two halves of the one season left or whatever it is that they're doing uh things like hell on wheels have finished um uh yeah mad men ended a while ago uh they've got the three walking dead shows obviously one of which is ending or the both act two of them are ending actually but they're obviously going to make some some new ones um i can't think i mean i don't pay a lot of attention really to to amc i kind of just watch walking dead and then if trailers for other things kind of come out then i i'd maybe check them out or something i mean they got that um i think into the badlands which i think is now finished so that's like yeah not on their plate either uh but what do you think they kind of are becoming what ben's described as like a walking dead and because they still show like old films and stuff or, or whatever um so they they kind of already become that a little bit they, they've lost a little bit of that prestige television they used to have with things like breaking bad and mad men and some of the other things so what do you what do you think the future might hold for amc <sighs> It, yeah, it, it's tricky. I mean, there is very there are very little things that have come up on directly on AMC, that, and and certainly things in development on AMC. Um, there, there's very few things that have really leapt out at me in recent years. Uh, you know, they've got a few co-productions going, um, and they are buying things in, you know, and they've they've done things which because they they co-own BBC America as well, do AMC. So uh, they've they've done things where there are certain BBC America shows which they've shown on both channels. Um. So I mean, it, it but mostly, yeah, it is. Uh, it is pretty much walking dead at the moment i think they've got a new orphan black series that they're working on um huh there, so there is that there is a What's uh, that? Uh, there was talk talk of them it's a, a another series it's another orphan black series but set in you know set in the same world different characters but set in the same world oh right, right. um so there is another another series based on the sort of orphan black stuff that they've been working on um but there's there's not really a huge amount that in terms of big things coming up that i can remember that they've really you know i mean you don't know what's going to be a breakout hit really and i mean they've had some great shows in the past you know things like like you say hell on wheels the killing was on there uh breaking bad obviously mad men was on there uh into the battle had a a amc series um not ferrati which they ended quite recently uh the terror the anthology series has been quite popular um i think that was one of theirs is the terror still going so or is it a- i'm not sure they've done two seasons of it um obviously it's an anthology so and not much shot last year so i don't know whether they're bringing that back for a third season but yeah. um I mean, they can do whatever they like with with that. I mean, they've got a bunch of reality things on there, and there's a few variety shows and docu series and that sort of stuff. But in terms of scripted drama, um, Humans was a co-production in America as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Mafia was was a co-production with the BBC, and that I think was supposed to have another season, um, but it's never actually shown up. Uh, uh, weird oh hustle hustle was a co-production i didn't realize that um so i mean they, they have it, it's difficult i mean there's there's just nothing that they've announced recently outside of the walking dead stuff that really has 
kind of piqued my interest. I mean, the discovery of witches they've acquired over there, but that is an acquisition. Killing Eve, again, they acquired, but that's an acquisition. Gangs of London they acquired, but that's an acquisition from Sky. So um, they seem to have sort of aired towards buying things in for the American audience a bit more rather than making their own stuff outside of the Walking Dead things. Um, Mm -hmm. I would like to see them get another really big hit show um because outside of the walking dead and the breaking bad universe they really haven't had anything since mad men possibly maybe hell on wheels um mm-hmm. as i say into the badlands was po- was quite popular and preacher kind of fell off a cliff a bit but i forgot about preacher i never did see that final season Good, yeah, good reminder, I think that's so. <laughs> part of the reasons why I ended up getting cancelled, I think, because that was pretty much everybody's reaction, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've forgotten about that to say. There was rumours of them developing a new Orphan Black series. I don't know whether that's actually gone anywhere, but I'm just looking through other stuff, and there's not really that much mm. that kind of leaps out at me. Yeah, I feel like what they'll do is do what um, Paramount is doing with Star Trek, which is try to have three different shows from the same or franchise, whatever, um, mm. and just sort of rotate them. You know, one's filming, one's on the air, you know, and then they, they, sw- yeah. they swap around and stuff. Um, I, I feel like they'll probably do that so that they've got Walking Dead kind of almost year round. I mean, we've gone from uh, The Walking Dead straight into Fear. And then we know that we're getting uh, Walking Dead's last season later this year. And then we're probably getting well beyond at some point. And then probably the start of season seven of Fear. So, uh, I mean, yeah. that's, that's quite... A, if you can line that up correctly, which it looks like they've done, that's, that is quite a smart thing to do. But it is kind of just becoming like the, the Walking Dead channel in a way, which might not be t- too bad for them because obviously Walking Dead's still fairly popular. Um, and a lot of people do watch all, all three of the shows um but yeah uh, i mean aside from some of the things you mentioned that they brought in they really don't have very much um it's interesting because unlike with sony that we talked about earlier amc does have uh it is amc plus isn't it that's what that's what it's called i think uh yes yeah because everything's called plus now uh but they've got that which which premiere possibly i don't know yeah something like that yeah something like their their own streaming service which is like five pounds a month which gets you like earlier walking dead episodes or something so it's interesting that they felt the need to do that where sony kind of hasn't um and all they've all they've kind of got i mean they've probably got back catalog stuff on there as well uh you know like breaking bad and mad men itself um but yeah, it's kind of just just Walking Dead. Because um, what they'll probably do once the uh, World Beyond and Walking Dead finishes, um, they'll probably make. Because we know that they've got other Walking Dead shows in development anyway. Fear will probably continue. Uh, we got we know we got the uh, the other spin off coming with the other two main Walking Dead characters, uh, and then they'll probably just keep making more Walking Dead shows. So uh, I'm not I'm not sure outside of that what they what they particularly do. So no. But as I say, I mean, you've got to bear in mind that although there is the Walking Dead channel, there is also uh, they they co-own BBC America. Uh, right, BBC right. America, although it's called BBC, is only is not owned by the BBC as we know it. It is owned by BBC Studios, which is an entirely separate company, which is a pro- for-profit company. Nothing of the license fee goes to BBC America, uh, and it's co-owned with AMC. So uh, 
they they have a stake in that i think they have a stake in acorn tv which uh, is a streaming service which brings a lot of british tv to the american audiences they also own shudder i think as well the um oh, yeah. uh, horror yeah the horror um, thing network so uh, so they've got i mean you know they they have a bunch of different like outlets rather than just the amc channel uh-huh. so uh it is amc plus as well by the looks of things but um so they have a bunch of different things that they they have their hands in um so you know i think they're doing fine it's uh it's just uh sundance now i think is them as well but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and they also have i know it's like films and a bit, bit different than that but they do have the actual amc theaters don't they so i i don't know whether the theaters are actually i think they may be them um i but i mean again i that's, thought it was the same of, company I, i'm not sure whether that is or not uh okay. but uh yeah so i mean there's yeah there's there's yeah bbc america sundance tv we tv acorn tv shudder um I'm, I'm the main AMC channel, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we'll see what they do with with all that. Uh, that's everything we've got for you for this episode of Breaking Bad, becoming Heisenberg for Breaking Bad. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be back, sorry, next week for episode four. Uh, we'll see how all that goes. And uh, yeah, I, I did, by the way, peek at next week's cold open. I couldn't help myself. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to, uh, to to next week's episode as well. So. But uh, we'll talk about all that next time. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcast as well. Uh, so please check all that out. So if you want to support Entertainment Talk in the podcast, you can either listen to more of our episodes or you can use word of mouth, uh, social media, and Patreon. Patreon is the $1, $3 level tiers, uh, ad-free podcast, and review options. Uh, cool social media, word of mouth, like I said, just let people know about the content. Uh, you can also find David over on Geektown, geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio for TV and film news. So if you want to know what AMC is doing next in terms of their TV or Walking Dead news or anything else related to TV and film news, uh, David's got you covered, geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Those release on Tuesday, so there's a new episode ready for you from yesterday, so go and check that one out. Uh, it's a very good one as well. Uh, so check that out as well. Uh, in terms of uh, Twitch and other things, Bex streams daily over on Twitch. Uh, Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, for lots of fun, interesting uh, streams over there. She also does some charity work, so that's really cool. So go and give her a follow over on Twitch, and you'll be notified when she goes live. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitch as well, UK on there. Give me a follow, you'll be notified when I go live. If you want to catch the streams that you've missed later, they'll be archived on YouTube. YouTube entertainment talk players i need to go and put a few more of them on there actually so look out for those later uh doesn't take very long for me to just sort of export them to youtube so go and have a look over there entertainment talk players on youtube as well uh, there's a little video i did for the um resident evil 7 sorry resident evil 8 village demo which i thought i was gonna play and then i booted it up and it said the next demo is in six days so i didn't <laughs> actually get didn't actually get to play resident evil village but uh, i recorded that as a little video so you can check that out as well if you want to, um, which I think comes out next week, but whatever. So uh, thanks very much for listening, um, and uh, I think, yeah, that's everything. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.